Forte Florenzi, eccolo il cross tagliato di testa che da go! Capital of the world. What a strike! What a goal! What a comeback! What a game! There are no words to describe it! It's the TC Martin Show. Les Georges jeu, mais cette fois-ci, il n'y en a pas pour Marco Reus. Très fort devant le but. Prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Largo, Pifio. Messi la tiene, Messi, Messi, Messi. Ahí está Iniesta. Gol! 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 Cerebro! Cerebro! Cerebro Iniesta! The doctor is now in. saying that just love hearing that open especially when you go messy 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 talk about the timing how about the timing of that messy 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 fantastic golden boot award mm. we'll talk some uh, world cup again today even though it's over we've got a world cup story that we meant to get to on a terrible tuesday even though i don't know if it's terrible or not but we'll talk a little bit about argentina and its fans We got that going today. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. We start handicapping week number 16 of the NFL. Quirky schedule with the NFL. You know, it is Christmas on Sunday. But we got Saturday is like a normal NFL Sunday. What do I mean by that? We'll get into that. Eight games on Saturday. Saturday. Sunday. Only three games. Then you got the one game on Monday Night Football. Then you got a game tonight. It actually has playoff implications with the Jaguars and the Jets, so we'll talk about that. Scott Spritzer will join us today uh, if he's uh, well enough uh, as he gets out of his uh, chiropractor's uh, office today. So hopefully uh, Scotty Scooter is all good. Scooter, not Scotty. Yeah, Scooter. (laughs) Scotty, what's that mean? See, you don't know what I'm talking about. That's whispers. That's Walter and Scotty Scott. You like that? I'd like to be named Scotty Scott. Scotty Scott from the Whispers. Walter Scott, Scotty Scott, the twins. I like that. So you go, Scott, then get all three guys or two guys say, what? What's up? Scotty Scott. What do you got for me? Scotty that's, not, doesn't know that's not the Whispers. Me do it in my van every Sunday. How about Scotty Brothers? You know who Scotty Brothers is? Still she's on her knees and Scotty Don't produce it. Oh, Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. Well, we might have to play this for Scotty Spritzer. Scotty doesn't know. That's good, Nubchuck. That's good. All right. All right. Uh, so Scott Spritzer will join us. Jay Cornegay from the Westgate, the world famous Superbook, our guy, the vice president of operations over there. So he'll join us this hour. And then next hour, I don't know if I want to say a special guest or what. This is a Nubchuck guest. Captain Jack, not Captain Rap. Captain, can we get Captain Rap on? 
Can we get, you don't even know what I'm talking about when I say Captain Rap. Oh, Captain Rap. Because we've played Captain Rap. It's part of my bumper music. I don't know if you know that or not. You start playing some Captain Rap, we're going to have, oh no, he did it. He did it. He did it. I got to go. See, this was another one of my theme songs back in the day. Captain Rap, baby, featuring Kimberly Ball on vocals here. Bad times. These are the real bad times of what you and I feel. You want to hear me uh, sing a little bit? Is today the music show? It should be. It's a a holiday. Yeah. This is my jam back in the day. Not not a lot of people knew this song. We busted it out in the West Coast, baby, for you. From back east. Yes. Captain Rap. Bad times. Wake up to what's going down. Your eyes are closed, but your ears hear the sound. Death cries in the wind. The thought makes you cringe. He's dead and gone. You lost another friend who was young in age, but old in sin. Gang bang, hanging, who was slanging the juice. The skunk was barking, his death was the proof. Another life ended all too soon. There was a tag on the door in the coroner's room. Bad times. So, here's another little bit of pointless music, old school trivia for you. No, no, you don't have to dip it down a little bit, so I'm going to continue talking about this. All right. So, before this song, there was another song that Captain Rap did. Disco Daddy and Captain Rap. Try to find that one there, Numbshot. Disco Daddy and Captain Rap. And they did it. They did a sample, one of the very first samples back in the day, of what song? There it is. That's right. It's time to party. It's, time to party. it's Christmas time. Oh, who's this, y'all? Oh, who's that? I said it's just Go Daddy and Captain Rap. We're just two bad brothers, and that's a fact. We got us one fantastic act. We're gonna Is take it to the winners, gonna take it to the See, you never be listening to this. Are we talking sports at all? What? It's holiday time. Isn't this the T.C. Martin Show Song Fest today? Seems like it, right? There it is. But, you know, okay, we cannot. Now, whether you're going to do this today... Tomorrow or both days, you know we have to have my all-time favorite Christmas song. It's coming on. Don't worry. It's coming I on. I got you, bro. Okay. My all-time favorite Christmas song. That's coming up. We know what that is. See, see, the rappers back then, they'd spell everything out. You know, just like the K-U-R, the T-I-S, the B-L-O, and the W. You know what I mean? There you go. To catch the boogaloo-faloo. Anyway, we're, we're, look what happened here. This, but this, this is how it happens. So anyway, where was I saying? Oh, Captain Jack is Captain coming Jack, up. Captain Jack, baby. Captain Jack Rackham is going to be joining us next hour. People are going, who in the hell is that? Well, do you think people know who he is? I'm sure if they saw him. They saw him. If they see mm-hmm. the face. Right. But don't you, you can't beat Disco Daddy and Captain Rap. No. I mean, that you can't beat that. So Captain Jack Rackham may not live up to that, but no. Captain Jack Rackham, die-hard Raiders fan. You've probably seen him on videos. You've probably seen him at games. He's been going to Raider games for like 50 years. He's the guy that dresses up as the pirate. The pirate. Does he wear a patch over his eye, too? Sometimes. I've Sometimes seen he does. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of like the Raider logo. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's Numchuck's contribution to the show today. Hey, let's get the pirate on the show. Hey, it's going to be fun. You think? I think so. Well, I think we'll have fun with we'll, it. We'll turn into fun. We'll yes. do. So... But uh, so if it goes south, it goes wrong. We blame Numchuck. Fine. For, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Captain Jack 
Rap him. How about that? Rap him. That's what I'm going to call him. Captain Rap. Look at that. Got me all tongue-tied. Captain Jack Rackham, diehard Raiders fan, is going to join us today. The guy that dressed up. He was at the game Sunday. I saw this guy Sunday. He was sitting yeah, like two rows in mm-hmm. from where Jones ran in, and they all celebrated right at the end. Yeah. So he, he was he, right there. He, he was, was in the end zone. He's, he's kind of the corner. Yeah. He's, he was at the tunnel. He's at the tunnel. I know where he's at. Yeah. 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 Is he sitting next to Miss Phoenix? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is Miss Phoenix listening today? Probably. Okay, Miss Phoenix. If if you're listening, call in Miss Phoenix. Love to hear from you. Because I, I want your take. Before I have this yokel on, I want Miss Phoenix to call in and tell me what I should, you know, be prepared for here. If you sit next to this game, first of all, I mean, good thing this guy's not in the studio because I got a feeling he might not smell too good. So I need to know about hygiene. I need to th- know things about that. Because a lot of times with these football fans, especially Raider fans, eh, you, you never know. But, um, yeah, good thing we're doing this one on the phone. No, we'll have some fun with this. We'll have some fun. Uh, so Captain Jack Rapham here. Uh, rap. I said it again. Rapham. Rapham. Captain Rap. Rapham, baby. Let's just go Captain Rap rest of the show. I love Captain Rap. All right. So that's what we got going today. All right. So you know what today is, right? The date? It's the 22nd. 20, right? 22nd, right. And I know what yesterday was, too. You do know. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. What, what do you think? You know, I'm a smart guy. Yesterday was the day that you fought the traffic and all the hell <laughs> and went shopping. Have I talked about this before? That is my routine. Yes. That, you know this. Yes. I usually talk about it every year. I didn't, but I, I meant to talk about it yesterday, but I didn't get a chance to. Yeah. So December 21st is my shopping day. And ask me why I shop on December 21st. I think it all goes back to, uh, it started off kind of as a joke. Because people would say I'd procrastinate to the last minute because, you know, I'm busy and I'm not one of these Black Friday shoppers that has to go out and shop on the day after Thanksgiving. I'm not into that, not into the crowds, all that other nonsense. Oh, let's save money and all that. No, forget that. You know what I'm doing on the day after Thanksgiving? I mean, you know, I can't, I'm not a big turkey guy. So I go out and, you know, have, have some good food and I'm watching college football usually on a Friday. That's what I'm doing. So. Anyway, um, so I said, well, I'll, I'll get my shopping done in time. So I just set, you know what? I'm going to do, that's what I'm going to do my shopping on December 21st. Okay. It's after the birthday. It's before Christmas. It's in that little pocket wheelhouse. It's not totally last minute, like on the 23rd or the 24th. And plus 21 is my favorite number. So there you go. So it's like every year I just say, I'm going out. So it's like I get hyped up. I get, make sure I'm well rested, that I'm well hydrated and I'm ready to tackle on anybody. All right. I'm in shape. I'm ready to rock, ready to go. And so after the show yesterday, deep breath, boom, attack, be organized, know who I'm buying for, what I've got to buy. And I try to knock it out in record time each and every year. There you go. So I did it yesterday. I, I knocked it out of the park. And I feel great, but I'm one of these guys that attacks it. I'm not, oh, buy a little here, buy a little there. No, that's it. If you're not in my wheelhouse by the 21st, you're out. Forget it. That's it. So there you go. I knocked it out yesterday. 21st. Nice. That's my day. It's my shopping day. I love that you have like the the, the designated oh, shopping day. I do. 
designated shopping day, and then I know exactly where I'm going. Nothing goes by way of chance. Are you, are you like mapping it all out? And you're oh, like, yeah. okay, I'm going into the store. And exactly. Into, 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 exactly. Boom. boom. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I am a creature of habit. Yeah. And, and again, I like... Uh, you know, I like going to my certain restaurants and having my certain servers and all that kind of stuff. So then I, I found, um, kind of a, at one store and I like to do most of my shopping at one or two stores if I can do that as well too. And so then I kind of found my own personal private cashier that uh, I knew that was, uh, could be very, very helpful and knew how to get further discounts. Cause a lot of those personnel, those cashiers, you know, they're part time help. They don't know what's happening. So, and so I love value and I, I love I, that I, that I think I saved plenty of money yesterday too and did it in a, in a time conducive fashion. What do you think of that? Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Phone call. I got a phone call. All right. Two, two, one, seven, two, eight, three call. I'm taking all calls today. Who is this? <laughs> this is Raider, Raider, Red, Sarah. Raider, Raider, Red, Sarah. I love it. <laughs> Miss Phoenix in the house. Oh, listen to this. So you've been getting shout outs here. Now I'm having this, this guy on, uh, Numchuck schedules, Captain Jack Rackham. I understand that you sat next to this guy or you know who this Hammenager is. Is this true? Yeah. Yeah. He's a friend of mine. He's a friend. Oh, a friend. Yeah. He's actually a friend of mine. Um, so we met, uh, I think it was, I want to say last season. Um, he's part of the black hole and we've actually gone down to tailgate parties together. And there's a whole community down there for all these diehard, you know, we're all diehard Raider fans. And, um, it was, it was pretty cool. I mean, he's really dedicated and, uh, he wanted to go to the game and, uh, he said, Hey, let's, let's go to the game at least one of these games this season. So we kind of made arrangements to like cheer on together and, yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, we had a great time and even better to see, you know, the Raiders come back after the last few seconds of the game, uh, for a win. So it was kind of like, wow, it was incredible. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was just being there in the stands and literally, you know, having that last TV come all the way right up to your feet. It was pretty intense. That is intense that you, and you guys got to go to that particular game. Now, be honest. Were you kind of thinking, okay, this isn't going to go well? We know what the Raiders history is with these games that they've gone to these, you know, double digit leads. And it really was looking like it was going to be that again. I mean, did you kind of have that sense, especially oh, when it was like yeah. fourth and 10 and, you know, uh, on that final drive at their own 19? And were you yeah. thinking, I mean, here's what I want to know, uh, Miss Phoenix, where, where are you thinking about bailing out? Did you say, okay, Jack, we got to get out of here. Let's beat the traffic. Never, never. Because I've coached football before, and I actually know that there's always a chance. I mean, we've seen L.A., you know, make miracles happen. We've seen Brady, you know, punch out at the last minute. I mean, there's so many there's so many ways where you can come back in football. And, um, you know, just even with the penalty calls and all these things that happen, it's just amazing. I always stay for the last drop because – you know, it's worth it. I mean, whether you're going to be a true fan or not, I mean, people want to get out of there and be traffic and all that shit. But I just say, you know what? This is this is the the reality of being a true fan. You know, you stay there 
until it ends, you know, until the last second. And, um, you know, I've seen that. I, I saw it at our open season game where, you know, we're in o- overtime and we get beat by the Cardinals. It was, it was awful. You know, just to sit there and witness that in real time was, was an awful feeling to be a fan. Um, but, you know, to come back and, of course, of course I'm going to still have those same, you know, types of feelings based on, you know, statistically how we've played in the last few games. Um, it looked to me like, you know, this was going to be a repeat. But, you know, I held back and I said, you know what, something, something crazy is going to happen. And actually, I was sitting right next to two Patriot fans. And they got out of there, you know, 10 minutes before the game ended. They said, all right, guys, good game, good game. And I said, you know, this is really funny, but I'm sure you'll be back. Sure as shit. They came back probably about two minutes into the game. They go, oh, my God, I can't believe they saw the first touchdown. (laughs) And, yeah, it was actually pretty funny. So I was actually quite surprised. But, you know, I mean, of course, it was a surprise turnout for all of us Raider fans in the stand. But, you know, in the end, you know, it's like – there were so many, we had so many, there, there were so many reasons not to be in that position. I mean, especially when we're two touchdowns ahead in the second or in the first quarter, you mm-hmm. know? So, I mean, to get put in that position was crazy. So, you know, speaking of, of Patriot fans, have you seen the, the video that went viral with the lady and she was probably sitting, I think in the section probably above you it seemed like she was by that end zone right with the two patriot fans and those guys were just like kind of somber and solemn and she was just letting uh these guys have it she was just in their face she had fingers in their face or whatever and these guys were just like wow you know they didn't want to do anything they they didn't want to you know fight back or whatever and now there's a call right now for maybe her to be banned from future Raider games. And so what Robert Kraft did, uh, he invited those fans who took that abuse from this female fan on Sunday's game at Allegiant Stadium, and he invited them to come to Foxborough for the Patriots game this weekend uh, because he felt so bad. And this has gained a lot of steam. So I don't know if you were aware of that uh-huh. video. And then the other part I wanted to so, ask you is, I mean, was there yeah. that type of of negative vibe or, or banter between Raider fans and, and any Patriot fans in your section? No, not at all. In fact, it was, it was like a, a peaceful camaraderie. I mean, we were actually giving them high fives for, you know, some really notable passes that were made and good plays and, you know, vice versa. So, I mean, it was a really cool, chill, positive vibe. I mean, of course we had to rub it in their face a couple of times when we came back. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's, you know, uh, expected. But um, I did notice for a while there were a bunch of people with their cameras kind of to the left, the section to the left Mm -hmm. of me. I want to say it was like 128 or something. And I thought maybe a fight would have broke out or something, but I couldn't see anybody but two Patriot fans. And I thought, oh, maybe it's just a, a hostile Raider fan and a Patriot fan going, you know, going at it. But we couldn't really see from where we were standing where all the commotion was actually coming from and what was transpiring. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there was viral videos. And, you know, I, you know, I mean, good for those Patriot fans for holding back and, you know, just being respectful and of the game and, you know, of the whole situation. And, yeah, they deserve a free game. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it, it's funny. You know, you, you talk about, you know, these guys being kind of reserved because, I went down 
on the fourth quarter and I went down to, I think it was like one section, 135 or whatever, right around the, the 30 yard line. And there was obviously tons of Raider fans and there was some, some Patriot fans that were, were there. And I, and I sat next to a couple of these Patriot fans and the entire game, they were just kind of stoic. And it's like they kind of knew like, okay, we can't go crazy. This and that, even though, you know, their team is, is winning and looked like they were going to win. But it just seemed like the Patriot fans that I personally saw on Sunday, they were just very, very reserved, which I think is kind of cool because we know that, you know, a lot of people are kind of afraid to go to the visitors, you know, stadium, especially, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you're dealing with Raider fans. I remember going back to Oakland where, I mean, I would just see yeah. visiting fans get, get pelted with food and, yeah. and batteries, that kind of stuff. So you can see that, well, you know, the Patriot fans seem to be, Really cool. I mean, there are other fans, as we know, that like they're boisterous and they'll talk a lot of trash. But I didn't see any of that on Sunday. No. And one thing I want to I want to make clear too is because I've been to the Allegiant Stadium for you know since it since it actually opened Mm -hmm. in the inaugural season. And one thing I have to um, say is that you know our stadium is highly protected and guarded. You know when the Las Vegas Metro Police Department comes in. I mean, they really take a stand, and there's a high end of security. So, you know, I mean, that makes me feel so much better at the games. There's not a lot of crazy fights that are breaking out. There's not a lot of riffraff. And I know back in, you know, L.A., Oakland, uh, even when I go down to Qualcomm, you know, for the Raider Charger games, I mean, they were just so crazy. I mean, there were so many, like, tailgate fights and stadium fights, and, I mean, it was nuts. But, you know, I just, I wanted to say, like, Metro's really done a good job with, you know, protecting the fans and the players and all that. So, um, and as far as the Patriot fans, um, I was a little disappointed because it seemed like there was more red in the stands than there was black. In yeah. The fight, yeah. Which, you know, it, it kind of makes me feel like, you know, hey, let's, let's start supporting our city right now and our, you know, our home team and let's get more Raider fans out there. It's it. No, you're, you're right. And we're seeing that in every, Every game. I mean, even in, in the games, you didn't think, okay, well, you know, these these fans aren't going to travel. The teams aren't very good, but we're we're seeing it. And we go back to last year. You saw it with Washington. You saw it with Philadelphia. You know, you you saw it uh, even with you know yep. Arizona. It's even just crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. All right. So yeah. you, when you said when you first came on, you said, what was it? You said Raider Raiderette Sarah. Is that what it was? Give me that again. <laughs> what was that? What was that well, opening? It's it's Raider 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 Rhett Sarah Ra Ra Ra. So does that mean that you are a former Raider Ed? Is that where is that we're saying here? I, I I'd like to pretend I am, <laughs> but no, actually, a running joke. People ask me all the time at the games. They're like, oh, they're like, wow, you look like Raider Ed. I go, actually, I was a former Raider Ed. I, you know, I get them going for about five minutes. I'm like, no, 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 I'm kidding. <laughs> there you go, play it off. All right, Sarah. But well, I'm, I'm literally. I'm literally getting my nails done right now as I'm on air, and I'm over here at VIP Nails. My girlfriend, um, actually Nikki, has VIP Nail Spa on Grand Canyon and Russell Road. So if anybody out there wants to get their nails done, come by today. We have food and refreshments for Christmas. Look at this. And you can you come by and see Raider, 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 Raider,
Uh, Miss Phoenix, <laughs> me, Miss Phoenix to me, no doubt. I appreciate you calling in. So enjoy the nails today, and uh, and we we expect to see uh, the finished product with these nails. So go ahead and, and send well, that out. Well, uh, tag me. We got to see this. We have to see this now. And you know what? I want to just say um, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, my good friend Captain Jack. Um, I hope when he comes on air today, you guys have a great interview. He's um, uh, highly notable. He has a YouTube station, and um, he's been, you know, a pretty diehard fan. So he's going to give you all of his insides and outs as far as, you know, statistics and strategies and all of that. So um, he's well-known in the Raider community, and I, I'm so happy he's going to be on air. Well, that's great. And uh, we're going to be talking about you. That's what we're going to be talking about. I'm asking Jack all about you. That's what we're going to be doing. Oh. We want to know, yes. about, you. We want to know oh. about your ins and oh, outs. No. That's what we want to find out. Oh. Okay. Oh boy! Oh boy! All right, back to the nail salon. Thanks for calling, Sarah. Appreciate you, Miss Phoenix right. in the house. All right, woo! Bye bye. <laughs> All right, there you go. You ask, they listen, they find you, and there we go. She was there, sitting next to Captain Jack. All right, interesting stuff there. Good stuff. So, speaking of of which, uh, female fans, did you hear? about what happened in the World Cup final. All right? So we're watching this game. It's fantastic. It, whether you're a soccer fan or not, it was just incredible. The final match with Argentina and France. And we know what happened at the end where Argentina wins on kicks on the spot. And after the match was over, uh, when it was announced, the cameras were panning the Argentine fans. And what we see here is everybody having a good time, partying. And there was one blonde decided to take off her top, took off her Argentina jersey, and is waving it around like she's got a rally towel going. And this has not only gone viral, but this is something that, you know, the, the cameras picked up on. And here's a couple things that I noticed when... I'm watching this. First of all, everyone has jubilation. They're excited, okay? Uh, and here is this blonde bombshell who takes off her top and full exposure, and she's waving it around, okay? Waving around her Argentina jersey. Did you get a chance to see the people sitting next to her? The people sitting next to her, especially the people, if we're looking at the camera, to her left. They're just standing there like stoic. They're oblivious. They're right next to them. You got this blonde bombshell who's just taking off her top and she's got bouncing boobies going on there. <laughs> They're like just standing there. It's like not even like looking down, noticing or like high-fiving or you know, wanting to get a little piece of the party action. They're just in their Argentina fans, but they're just standing there. And then people behind and right there. So here's this one chick and she's topless, but the people around her are just going like, well, it is like standard procedure. This is normal. They're not doing nothing. So then I'm going, I, I don't understand. So you usually you would think that, okay, they'd be like engaging or something like that, or they'd be taking off their tops or whatever. But not the case. Because... This remember this was in Qatar, and we remember the stories and the warnings from the Qatar government saying 
you know, hey, we were not going to have, you know, this type of behavior going on. And we got some of it. Now, not only did it happen with Argentina fan, but Croatian model Ivana Noli, she has been dubbed as the World's Cup's sexiest fan. Well, she flouted the Muslim nation's decorum dress code rules by wearing a series of daring outfits during the Croatian matches, including a swimsuit. And she said that she did not care uh, if she got arrested or not. She's not fearing it. Now, this was a big deal back then. Remember what the code is for you know, uh, for women and men. Okay. You have to have your shoulders, you know, covered. Um, you have to have your, your dresses all the way down, you know, to the knees. I mean, this has been a big thing there. Um, when they had reporters that they barred women reporters for saying things they are not supposed to say or dressed a certain way. And so, there was all kinds of talk that this Argentina fan was going to get arrested. And we don't know if she actually got arrested or not. But again, their rules and their laws, it's just crazy and ludicrous there. But uh, yeah, she she took off her top and she goes, I'm not worried about being arrested at all. But uh, that was uh, that was the situation there. But no, it, that's very dangerous. And just think, I mean, if she was arrested, what do you think would happen with a woman from another country who, again, prance around half naked and they take her away? What do you think the punishment would be? And being serious here, because we know, and remember, this whole, this whole uh, World Cup scenario with them, when they were awarded back in 2010, we've talked about it a whole bunch of times, HBO's Real Sports did a fantastic story and then a follow-up story uh, most recently about all of the workers that were made to work for basically no wages whatsoever in the 120, 125 degree temperatures, the living quarters, uh, just rat infested, not giving them proper meals. And there was hundreds upon hundreds Maybe even more. I mean, you know, some of the numbers, they said 400. And then we heard it was like 2,000, 3,000 people that died, labor workers that died under these conditions here. And and I remember seeing, you know, how they were shipping these bodies off in, in pine boxes with no care because all of most of these workers were coming from neighboring countries to, to earn money. And then they didn't get paid. And then, you know, with the women, um, they have to be covered up, you know, strict Muslim, you know, rules and laws there. So for these handful of women that were doing this, we don't know if they ended up getting arrested or not, but they're just, I mean, you don't want to get arrested in another country. I mean, if you're American, you don't want to get arrested in Mexico. You don't want to get, you know, Brittany Griner. I mean, what she went through in Russia, Qatar, you got to believe is, is worse than that. So Pretty, pretty sad, pretty sickening when you think about it. I was just reading an, uh, another story where another group of topless women mm-hmm. re- returned home safe. They did. They, okay. So they didn't get arrested. They didn't know no issues. So do you think that, okay, since the cup is over, they just, they slacked off a little bit? Because who knows? I mean, if the, depends they're on, ruthless there, man. Depends on how long they were actually topless. Yeah. And, you know, like the one that was on 
the actual broadcast mm-hmm. probably got it a lot more than these little group that just have a couple pictures online. Right. Yeah. Craziness. All right. So that's uh, that's that tops off your World Cup coverage. You like that? All right. We come back. We're going to go out to the uh, Westgate. And, of course, that is our Friday home. We'll be out there tomorrow. Jake Cornegay is going to join us. We start handicapping the long weekend, exciting weekend of the NFL Week 16. We'll talk to Jay coming up next. Wait a second. Wait a second. Now, more from your favorite sports radio physician, the Dr. T.C. Martin. Hands, everybody, if you've got what it takes... I'm Curtis Blow, and I want you to know that these are the boys. Like I said before, the uh, greatest Christmas song of all time. There it is. There's no question. Curtis Blow, us the brakes. I thought you were going to make you Okay, now that's later. Okay. See, you're messing me up, Nutshot. You get me excited, I hear Curtis Blow. Curtis all day, baby. Curtis all day. There you go. The K-U-R, the T-I-S, the B-L-O to the W. There you go. All right. Our next guest is probably going like, what did I just walk myself into here? I don't know. This is what we do here. I mean, next thing you know, we come out of a break and you start doing some Curtis Blow. And then next thing you know, I'm starting to dance and I start to rap. There it is. I don't know. Our apologies in advance to our vice president of the world famous Superbook, Jay Cornegay. That rhymes too. Jay, what kind of rap you got going on? <laughs> no, I I am very awkward in that area. So I, I used to be okay back in maybe the eighties, uh, but yeah, I've no, lost no, that no. rhythm. And, you're supposed to say yeah, you're supposed to say I was okay back in the day. See, you got you got to get that you got to get that flow that rap going there, Jay. Come on. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I I was trying to subscribe to YouTube. Hold on. <laughs> I I really was direct. I I just got an email from one of our other uh, team members saying, hey, uh, do we have a plan for the 2023 football season now that it switched over to YouTube? Uh, It was just announced this morning. How could we have a plan already? Okay. (laughs) Because you guys are the trendsetters, as we all know. I mean, come on. It is the world-famous Superbook. So I imagine people would like to... uh, to get their information, you know, at least a year in advance. Jay, I gotta say, with that breaking news, you're right. I mean, I'm I'm pretty bummed because in you know, I've been a direct TV subscriber going back to probably 1994-95 when it first came around, and that's when the NFL Sunday pit, uh, ticket uh, you know, first was uh, you know, brought to us by Direct TV. That's why I got Direct TV. And I have said no to Dish. I've said no to to cable and whatever city I've been in. And now it's it's going to go by the wayside here. And YouTube buys them out. I mean, I I'm pretty pretty bummed about this, man. So what will that mean? I mean, for the sports books. Well, we already stream, you know, sports and leagues that that uh, are on other. Um, you know, streaming channels and streaming options, including YouTube. We've shown YouTube events. So I don't know exactly what is going to be needed, if anything, for uh, next year. But um, I um, I think that, uh, you know, some of – I have not – we don't have any concerns down here in the sports book, but I guess my concerns would be some of the other outlets around the property. You know, do they have, 
you know, uh, streaming capabilities? Are they smart TVs or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, to show, you know, the Sunday ticket? So we'll have to look into it. Um, I'm, I'm also a little bummed because I, I've always liked direct TV, even though it's lost some luster over, let's say, the last couple of years because there's so many things that are streaming now. The only thing I have, I have a problem with streaming is that I can't flip back and forth to like a regular televised game, you know, and then go to the streaming, exactly, you know, feed. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I can't do that. It's like because I always surf around and and go from this game to that game, and it will make it a little bit more difficult. At least I think it will if it's going to be on YouTube, you know, starting next year. No, I'm with you. And that's one of the things I was just thinking about tonight. So every time Thursday night, I go, oh, that's right. It's Prime Video. It's Amazon, this and that. And I, believe it or not, I want to watch the Air Force and Baylor game tonight. So I was planning on, hey, I want to switch back and forth for the Jacksonville Jets game to that Baylor Air Force game. But no, I mean, it's like... It would it take me like three minutes, four minutes to do that every time, and I don't want to do that. So and I was yeah, thinking the same thing, okay, you know, because I don't know about you, but I am a creature of habit, and I'll take, like, say, my four morning games on Sunday, and then I've got, like, my my last four channels that I can, I can program. So I'll program all the games that I want to focus on or I have action on or whatever it is. Boom, boom, boom. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that when the package goes to YouTube, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know when you go to the NFL Mix channel and you you know you have yep. the one that has four and then you have the other one that has eight right. or up to eight. Okay, you know we don't have that capability right now to customize that, right? Yeah, we 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 can't we can't program what four games we want to see on channel seven hundred one. We we are at the mercy of Directv, correct? Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, so I'm hoping that with them streaming and if they're going to have the mixed channels, maybe that will be an option where you would be able to select what games you want to have on that quad. Um, but, um, you know, uh, I, you know, maybe they won't even have the mixed channel, which is concerning because I know so many people like to watch that or, you know, I, I assume that, uh, the, the red zone, all those type of options will come with the Sunday ticket package, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But I know probably down the line when I don't care anymore, that's when they'll probably have that option. <laughs> <laughs> and see, this is the thing that I, it was frustrating back with the Olympics too, if you remember, especially if we wanted to watch Team USA well, from a basketball standpoint, several of their games were on Peacock. And it's like, okay, uh, uh, you know, I, Okay, now we had the NBC, then you had the NBC Sports Network. That went by the wayside, and they keep shoving Peacock down our throat now. And uh, it's like, okay, how do we get Peacock? Oh, you got to subscribe to Peacock. Or like you said, you got to, it's, it's, you know, you just can't flip a channel with that. And it just seems like they're making this more and more difficult. And, and for me, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm old school. There's no question about that. But there are still people that are not hip to the whole streaming services and this and that. And we, we know that the NFL has, you know, a pretty large demo, but they still got a pretty uh, good size older demo as well, too. And I'm just thinking, don't they take that in consideration that, okay, people still are not really uh, familiar with YouTube and, and watching games? 
I mean, that's what I'm thinking, but it seems like that, that goes by the wayside. Hey, uh, if uh, Google slash YouTube, because you know, Google owns them, they're going to pay us all this money. Hey, we're going to take it. We don't care about the consumer. Yeah, I, I think that I mean, there was some of that when it went to DirecTV originally. You know, there's like, oh, I got to subscribe to DirecTV. I got to do that now and call them in and they bring, you know, their own equipment in and, you know, hook up my TVs and all this other stuff back in the day. So I I think it will be I, – I, I'd be curious to see what the numbers are on Amazon Thursday night versus what they were, you know, on, you know, uh, the NFL Network, you know, in the previous years. See what that – you know, how that compares because I have heard that. It's like, oh, no, I don't have it, you know, and, um, you know, I didn't subscribe to Amazon or, or Prime, and it was like uh, – you know, I wonder how much of that is going to be, you know, um, part of the story, you know, heading into next year. Yeah. So we'll, I know we'll, we'll have to see. I guarantee yeah. it's going to happen because we actually talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we compared the numbers from last year uh, to this year or the year before, and uh, they were significantly down. And I, and I want to say the number was down 26%. It was something along those lines uh, because people didn't know how – uh, to find Amazon Prime, or they, like I said, didn't have it, didn't have the streaming. And I remember for you guys, because I know we talked about this too, and when you got that news that, okay, this is what the NFL is going to do, there was some concern with sportsbooks as well as other bars and restaurants. They're like, well, wait a minute, what, what are we going to do? I mean, how are we going to be able to do this? Is, is this going to cost us more? Do we have enough smart TVs, especially in some of these sports uh, sports bars, you know, where they, they don't have the latest, uh, you know, TVs and smart TVs up there? Yeah, that's and I remember heading into the season talking to um, some of my watering holes. <laughs> it's like right. they didn't even know it. They did, had no clue. It's like, what? It's not going to be on the NFL Network? I go, no, it's going to be on Prime. And they're like, what? You know, some of them are like, wow, what is Prime? And so they looked into it and they were able to, you know, do what was necessary for them to be able to show those Thursday night games. Mm-hmm. Jay Cornegay joins us uh, from the Superbook at the Westgate. So um, the, we've been talking about the craziness that we've seen here. And I haven't talked to you since that Raider Patriot. I guess debacle if you're on the Patriots side and jubilation if you're the Raiders side. What was it like? I can tell you what it was like in, in the stadium. I don't know if you were at the game on Sunday or not, or if you were at the book, but what was it like there in the Superbook as uh, the Raiders you know, came back and the uh, craziness that we saw where the Patriots just decided to gift wrap the game to the Raiders? No, I wasn't at the game, but I, I can tell you that if I was at the game, I'd probably be one of those guys that say, okay, this game's going to go into overtime. I'm going to go to the bathroom before it starts. Right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and then, you know, hear the roar and the craziness and like, oh, okay, yep, that would be my story. But uh, the book itself was, I, I, I guess the best word I could use to describe it was disbelief. It was, it was like, did that just happen? You know, I mean, people were kind of cheering too, but it was just like, this is is that real? Is that going to count? You know, this, this is how the game is going to end. So there was some confusion out there. It wasn't a, I, I would say it wasn't a clear picture winning play. Cause I think some people were confused. Others not, but there were, some, there was some confusion out there whether or not that was actually counting. 
And so um, we had a full room, and the atmosphere was great. And But then they realized it was, at least part of the crowd realized that was, you know, going to count. And the roar kind of got, you know, it, it just lasted a little longer than your normal, let's say, Hail, Hail Mary play. Right. It, right. it was, you know, all of a sudden, we all know that counts. But this one was just kind of a roar. Like, wait, is that good? Is that is that right? Is there a flag or what's going on here? Right. Yeah. Right. What was it? We've never seen anything like that before. Yeah, especially in a tie game like that with just insane, just stupidity, selfishness from the the Patriots. Uh, you know, two players with Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers, and we've talked a lot about it during the course of this week. Just uh, still insane uh, to think about it and talk about it and to witness it and see it. Uh, it's crazy. Now, what a Sunday! I mean, because we had. All one score games in the morning. We had a total of two overtime games in that morning session, the 10 o'clock games. Then we had the Raider game went overtime in the afternoon. And then the get, the day starts off with that fantastic World Cup final. One of the best soccer matches ever. The best probably soccer match in history. I just want to know, Jay, were there any Argentine women that were taking off their tops and, and, and waving around in the super book there, uh, like a rally towel, like we saw in the stadium? Yeah, no, yeah, you had to go to TikTok for that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. see, that's I, how know, hip Jay is. He goes right to TikTok. There he is. See, he's hip. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's got the oh, YouTube. Yeah. I was he's on got TikTok t- for the next two hours. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be crazy, man. That was. I mean, what a day. I mean, I, I bet people were showing up at six, seven o'clock in the morning, just camping out all day there at the Superbook. Yeah, no, that game was just incredible because I. Um, basically watched the almost the the entire game at home, and before I came in, I, I thought I was just going to come in like at half or something, but I just stayed because it was it was uh, I, I don't know it's the final and you know as as before all the craziness happened, but um, I decided to watch uh, um, you know it at home and and uh, you know I, I I went to a World Cup way back when in fact the last time Argentina won it was when I went. And that was in '86, Mexico. Wow! Um, and um, it was no, it was no. People were still buzzing about it by the time I got to the property, and um, just uh, I was just I was even my wife who doesn't really care for soccer. She's like, "Oh my gosh, like <laughs> this is crazy!" And I'm like, "Yeah, it is," you know. And uh, so we we really enjoyed it. And from what I hear, it was just. Uh, electric i mean that early in the morning to get your blood flowing like it it you know did um it was just an amazing atmosphere a lot of electricity um fantastic it was probably the best you know soccer game i've ever seen yeah no question all right we look ahead to this weekend Uh, what a Uh quirky schedule that we got with the nfl i don't think a lot of people realize this but we got the game tonight of course but then saturday it really turns into Sunday, a regular Sunday. We've got eight games on Saturday uh, at, at 10 o'clock in the morning, and then it kind of thins out. we got you know one uh, game at 105, one at 125. We got that going. And then uh, Sunday, you got three standalone games at 10, 130, and, and 520 for the Sunday night football. And then Monday, of course, we've got Monday night football. But how strange is this to – you know, go from like an NFL Sunday that is going to be on a Saturday because of Christmas weekend. Yeah, it is a quirky schedule, you know, but I just love it because it's just, we have games all the time starting tonight 
you know, we got the two, as you mentioned, and then, you know, we got a couple on Friday, you know, then we have a full slate all Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday, even though Sunday is not the greatest schedule. It's not. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. it's the, the best, yeah, the best game is probably the first game, Packers and Dolphins. Um, but, uh, you know, they're spread out evenly. So, uh, that, that's all good. You know, and then we just really start picking up these bowl games. And so, um, I'm, I'm kind of, it's, it's off. It's a, it's a little quirky, but I'm going to enjoy it because it's spread out throughout the entire weekend. Oh no, I'm just treating my Saturday now as a normal Sunday. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm locked in and, uh, you know, with my direct TV. There it is. I'm, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm totally fine with that. So we know that Jalen Hurts. We get the word today that uh, he is not going to be able to play. Gardner Minshew, quarterback for the Eagles. So what has that done to the line now with the Eagles and the Cowboys on sun, on uh, Sunday, Saturday? That's well, right. get it right. Saturday, Saturday. Yeah, get it right. <laughs> Saturday, Saturday at one twenty-five. The only two games being played at one well one's at one one is at 125 eagles cowboys well as as expected they would highlight this game well we i we kind of read through the lines there with all the you know first he was out we it looked like he was out and then there's all these this talk for about two days that oh i might play he nodded he nodded you know you're just like he's not playing guys he's definitely not going to play because you know, their goal is to win the Super Bowl, and all they need is one of these things to happen. They have to win one of their three games, or the Cowboys have to lose one of their three games. So they have six chances at this. There's no reason for him to play in this game if he's not 100% healthy. So we kind of read between the lines, and I'll tell you, we um, it got as high as, I think we opened at two, and then it went down to one and a half. The news broke. He got as high as six. All right, I should say the Cowboys got as high as six, <laughs> never at six and a half, and then it started uh, um, tweaking down a bit. As some believe that, oh, he might play, but then there's just some been talk over the last, you know, day or so about Minshew. Minshew is like he's not that bad, you know, and he's got a lot of weapons around him. He's been there for a while. He's got a great offensive line. They still have a great defense. And so this line is hovered around four and a half, five. We're sitting at four and a half right now, but I am starting to see some four. So we're starting to see some Eagle money come in over the last 24 hours. Okay. And real quick, Jay, uh, any other games of note uh, with a significant movement? Um, you know, the totals is what everybody's talking about because yeah. of all the cold. I mean, here are the, here are the wind chill temperatures that we should expect on game day for Saturday. Chicago, minus 19. Kansas City, minus 1. Again, this is wind chill. Tennessee, 2 degrees. Baltimore, 4 degrees. New England, 7 degrees. And then you got a, a bright spot, warm spot. Carolina at 20 degrees. So a lot of these totals have been, you know, uh, adjusted down, but they continue to go down as, uh, you know, some of these weather reports include wind. You know, the wind is going to be a problem with, uh, you know, especially in Chicago. There's there's going to be gusts up to, you know, I don't know, in the 20s, but I think there's going to be a constant uh, a breeze in Chicago, which will make it obviously very cold, but also, you know, pretty tough to pass, uh, you know, uh, 
on those uh, or in those conditions. There's our resident meteorologist uh, Jay Cornegay. There it is with the blue screen in front of him. You know, with the <laughs> the, the the pointer or whatever it is. There, it is. that was perfect. Yeah, that was I got great. The remote in my in my hand, and I go, yeah. If you want to look at the East Coast, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, uh, get on over to the uh, Superbook. And uh, again, Sundays is fantastic out there. The International Theater, the 4K video wall, all of that stuff, and of course, uh, nothing better than to be in all the action there inside the sports book there at the Superbook at the Westgate of Las Vegas. And, of course, our Friday home. We look forward to being out there tomorrow, bringing Jay Schrader by. He'll be in the house. Marco D'Angelo, our best bet segment, and a whole lot more. And uh, John Murray as well. So great stuff as always, Jay. We uh, we appreciate you, John, the entire staff there. And uh, we are looking forward to a wild, crazy, and eventful weekend. Yes, we uh, we are, and uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Enjoy the weekend, be safe, and uh, we'll see you uh, here uh, hopefully this weekend and uh, enjoying all this football. So thanks, TC. You got it, brother. Appreciate it. And uh, just make sure that you eat well, as I know you will, okay? And that, 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 that Cornegay uh, table, I'm sure it'll rival something you did for Thanksgiving, so I'm going to need to hear all about that, too. Can you see me right now? Because I'm eating ribs and ice cream. Like, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. There it is. <laughs> Look, see, the guy loves his food just like me. All right, brother. Thanks, man. We'll, we'll see you later. Appreciate you. Yes, Jay Cornegay over at the Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. All right, we come back. Captain Jack. Raider fan extraordinaire is going to join us. Andy Isco is going to join us at 3.30 as we handicap week 16 of the NFL. You do a lot of talking, bro. You do a lot of talking. All that screaming. Well, you better hope you can play as long as me. Hey, when you get on your knees and say your prayers tonight, pray. What happened between you and Tlaib on the field early in the game? I don't know. You're going to ask him because he didn't finish the game. Ice up, son. Ice up. Live in the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. I know you're going to dig this. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. The doctor is now in. Number two, glad to have everyone with us as we continue on here. Don't forget we are at the Westgate, the world-famous Superbook. Our Friday home tomorrow, Jay Schrader in the house. Marco D'Angelo, Scott Sprites is going to join us tomorrow as well, too. Best bets, where, of course, we give you our three best NFL plays of the weekend. And, yes, the bowl season upon us. The bowl game's starting to get a little bit more meaningful. Give you our three best bowl games as well, too, tomorrow. So come on out. See the show live tomorrow from 2 to 4 p.m. as always. And, of course, streaming live, tcmartinshow.com. You can get your groove on there. All right, we continue on here. Uh, Andy Isco is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. We start handicapping week number 16 here. Remember, very quirky, weird schedule with the NFL because of Christmas on Sunday. And I just thought they would just go with you know games on Sunday, let everybody play. But we got three games on Sunday. The bulk of the games will be taking place on Saturday. All right, so we will go over that schedule with you um, again. Appreciate Jay Cornegay joining us uh, last hour as well at the Superbook uh, talking about that. All right, so uh, as we've talked about during the course of this week, 
playing the highlights, visiting with Lincoln Kennedy uh, and a lot of our regular guests. Uh, you know, S- Sunday's game at Allegiant Stadium, just uh, one for the ages. Um, call it whatever you want. The Sin City, I guess, mir- uh, you know, debacle if you're the Patriot side, miracle for the Raiders side, uh, the major malfunction for the Patriots. Uh, it was, uh, it was something special. So, uh, we've talked a lot about it during the course of this week. And right now I want to bring on probably one of the biggest diehard Raider fans there is and has been. And for people that have followed the Raiders or go to the games, you have probably seen this gentleman, uh, there. Uh, and he is Captain Jack Rackham, diehard Raider fan. And you've probably seen this guy because he's dressed up as a pirate. Jack, what's going on, my friend? Yeah! How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, brother. Uh, I appreciate you joining us here. And so, all right, so Jack, as we know, he dresses as a pirate at these games. All right, now, here's what I got to know, Jack. I mean, you know, I know a little bit of my history. I had to brush up on it, of course. But is this an ode to the original Captain Jack Rackham from the 1600s back in the day. Is that where the name comes from? Is this where the the attire comes from? You got to hit me to well, this. Well, I'm, I'm going to hit you to a bunch of things. First off, yes, you are correct, and, and I'm so glad that you actually picked up on that because not a lot of people are historical figures. So you, yeah, get you get the you get the winning bell for that. <laughs> Um, yeah, Jack Rackham uh, is a Calico Jack. Actually, John Rackham was the actual British pirate, and he was here in the Caribbean. So he was the original or one of the original pirates of the Caribbean. Right. And I, I live in Florida, and uh, being a retired Navy Chief Petty Officer, we're, so we're very salty as it is. Mm. And I'm I'm here in Florida. I'm a retired Chief Petty Officer, a salty dog. And I'm living in Florida, and the Raiders have been my team now for 50 years. I I was a Raiders fan in Philadelphia starting in 1972 when the Immaculate Deception occurred, but we'll talk about that as well. And I put all of those things together because when I was going to make my persona, when you make a persona, and I tell people this as well, you need to make it as true to you as possible so that uh, you're not uh, basically scrimping on anything and it's it's uh it's real yes it, it's nothing fake it, it's it's a, a outward extension of who you are so as a salty chief of the navy retired raiders are pirates pirates are sailors and you put all of that together and i'm here in florida we're close to the caribbean the name just w- was there and then when you have football where you rack them up. That is the play on the words. That's why it's R A C K apostrophe right. E M. Captain Jack Rackham. That, there it is. And, and again, going back to uh, the original uh, uh, Captain Jack Rackham, uh, like you said, Calico Jack, known for his dressy garb. And I see that you you hit that to a T to uh, to a T as well too. You've got that going. On. But here's the one thing though, Jack. We got to remember, you know, that that guy really wasn't a very good pirate. I mean, you know, he, he didn't like to fight. You know, he he picked on fishermen. And, and if people that don't know the story, you know, and and Bonnie said to him, the, the female pirate who was underneath him, 
said to him while he was in prison, I'm sorry to see you here, but if you had if you had fought like a man, you wouldn't be hanged like a dog. And as we know, wow. that that yeah. guy, that Hammenager was hung because he refused to fight. So I don't know if you really want to be correlated with that guy, because I know as a man of the Navy, that man of the whites, the midshipmen there, they like to fight. I know you like to fight, but this guy didn't want to fight. Yeah, but see, that is why I am Rackham instead of Rackham. Ah. So that, that that delineation of being the salty sailor, pirate, Navy chief petty officer, and Raiders fan, of course, I'm going to go above and beyond what the name is. It, it does tie together. And again, if you go back and do the historical piece, and wow, again, bravo for that, because I knew he was with uh, with uh, Ann Bonnie and things like that. But you know what? We don't need to go into that because I am the one and only Captain Jack Rackham. This is true. This is true. All right. So the obsession with the Raiders. Okay. Like you said, you're down in Florida. I mean, Raiders are in Oakland at the time. I'm a Northern California guy, so I can, you know, I know all about the history of the Raiders. I used to watch them, the Niners. Uh, I get it, man. But for you, why the obsession with the Raiders? I mean, again, if it's the Immaculate Reception in Pittsburgh, I mean, they're on the losing end of that, as you know. So you got to tell me, man, how did it, why Raiders? Okay, and I'm glad you also gave this, and a lot of people that know me have said, how did you become a Raiders fan? And uh, I'm going to go back to 1972. I'm living in Philadelphia, okay, and I get my immersion in sports. And Philadelphia is probably one of the most uh, volatile but very strong-willed sports centers in the United States. I will say that I am not a typical Philadelphia a-hole because – I am not of that ilk. I don't. I don't eat crap after you win a Super Bowl. Let's put it this way yeah. as well. Right. But I was living in Philadelphia as a child, and uh, I was going to school. And one of my buddies that was in class with me, he goes, "Hey, you you ought to check out my uncle. He plays for the Raiders." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool. Who who's your uncle? Uh, George Blanda." I'm like, "Oh, okay." So obviously. Hanging out with Kenny Blanda, I started watching the Raider games because the Raider games were almost always the four o'clock games on NBC. It was like Kurt Gowdy and Al something or other, some Greek name that I can't remember, but it's Al something or other. Um, And he was, yeah, yeah. I know you got it, but it's Greek. That much I got. Yeah, yeah. And And then you also had had Kyle Rote as well, too, there. There you go. But uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, but they were always the four o'clock game, or I shouldn't say always, but most of the time because the Raiders were the team, and they would be on at four o'clock Eastern, and I would watch regularly the Raider games, and I fell in love with the uniform, I fell in love with the logo, I fell in love with the fact that these guys played football and they played football hard, and I identified with them because again, my classmate is there and he has a relative on the team. So I took them to heart and I was a Raiders fan from pretty much sightseeing. Mm-hmm. And it's always been that way when, I mean, when you're in Philadelphia, if you're not a Eagles, and I did say that correctly, by the way, <laughs> if you're not an Eagles fan, then you definitely need to make sure you got a reason why. And of course the Raiders were the shiznit of the NFL for all of those years. Now, granted, I will say this, I am a Philly fan, 
I am a Flyers fan. And yeah, basketball really don't care because the Sixers were the worst team in the NFL in 1972. I think they were like eight and eight and 72 or something ridiculous like that. They have the record for the worst record of an NBA franchise. Aldi yeah, Regattas. There is Aldi Regattas. I believe okay. there was. Yeah. There it is. The Regattas. There you go. There you go. That, Thank you, Andy Isco. Yeah, the, there you go. There, there you go. Uh, hey, he gets a bonus. He gets a bonus quarter for for hitting the internet. Um, Getting figure out who the guy was, so good, good for him. We nailed it. But okay. again, Raiders from jump, and I've kept it. I moved from because uh, I am a uh, a sailors kid. My father was in the navy as well. We moved from Philadelphia down to Orlando, where I stayed. From uh, he moved, we moved in 1974, and the family stayed. Now my dad went back and forth between different duty stations for reasons that you, know, you don't need to know about. But anyway, the family stayed in Orlando and uh, I still maintained my love for the Raiders and all these people like, aren't you a Dolphins fan? Boy, the Dolphins are not I'm like, dude, I can't stand the Dolphins. Okay. And then the Bucks came in in 76 and I'm like, aren't you a Bucks fan? The Tampa's right over there. I said, no, I am a Raiders fan. I and I've you would look good on that pirate ship fan. though, Jack, you'd look very good on that pirate ship there, Raymond James stadium. I know you but would. I've been on I've been on the pirate ship yeah. in Raymond James Stadium because my buddies that are actually over at Special Ops Command, SOCOM, they are the guys that actually run the pirate ship. So wow. when I was there a couple years ago when we won in overtime, I tried to make my way over there but uh couldn't do it. Now I have also I can say this as well, I have been on the pirate ship as a guest mm-hmm. of the Buccaneers. I played Santa Claus for them one year. And I'm dressed up in my Santa Claus suit, and so I'm on the pirate ship, and they were playing the Falcons at the time, and I, Michael Vick was still their quarterback. So you figure out whatever a December game uh, where the Falcons played the Bucks in December many, many years ago, I was on the pirate ship from there, and I, I was there, and I got a chance to take off all of my clothes, uh, not all my clothes, because that would be kind of like, you know, get, get, get rid of the, the Santa. There you go. Yeah, don't... I mean, hey, I don't. Uh, hey, I tell you, lady, I, I can't understand why you were a little bit. Uh, Wait a minute, Jack. Enthralled and thrilled. You were. Were you any truth to the rumor that you were the Santa Claus at Veterans Stadium that got pelted with snowballs? What? No, no, no. A little bit before my time. That was in the '60s. A little bit before my time. I moved to Philly in '72. Okay. So that was a little bit before my time. All right. So Captain Jack Rackham joins us. Diehard Raiders fans, you've seen him at the games. He was here last Sunday. Patriots Raiders we'll get to that here in a minute so when did the notoriety start for you and and when did you start you know dressing the part okay uh great questions and uh but I'm ready for them because I've been asked for years I have always loved the Raiders and I've always wanted to go and see the Raiders now being the fact that I lived in Philadelphia I loved the Raiders obviously I never got a chance to go any games because I'm living in Philadelphia and then we moved down to Florida like I said and, you know, get maybe going to a game, but no, I'm still in, you know, going through all the grade schools and high schools and things like that. And the closest I got was when the Raiders came here and won a Super Bowl and uh, was the big sombrero, as uh, Chris Berman would like to call it. And I'm sitting in, in my uh, dorm in Florida, and I actually got ponded uh, by my uh, the guys who were on the floor with me because I was so obnoxious watching the Raiders just kick the, the Jesus out of the Redskins because the previous year 
the Redskins had just beaten the snot out of the Dolphins. And most of the guys on my floor were Dolphins fans. So by halftime, I had them all in their rooms looking at their own TVs while I'm in the, you know, the, the, was it the, the local room, you know, the big room on the floor watching TV. And after the game, after that 38 to nine finish, they all kind of ganged up on me and uh, they, they took me downstairs and they threw me in the pond, which is a, a tradition at Florida. It's on your birthday. You get ponded for your birthday. And yes, there are real alligators in that pond. So mm-hmm. you get your butt out of the water as quickly as possible. So they ponded me because the Raiders beat the Redskins 38 to nine. And I was, you know, just giving them all heck. And, and, and in fact, the Super Bowl after that, when the Dolphins got again, got their snot beaten out of them by the Niners, I gave a golf clap when Marino had like the Super Bowl record for, I think it was most attempts. And I gave the golf clap and was saying, yeah, hey, at least he did something fantastic today. You know, something snide like that. And again, they ganged up on me and they took me downstairs and they threw me in the pond for the second time in a row on Super Bowl day because I was just, you know, macking on the fact that the Dolphins sucked. But that's just the way it is. But anyway, as far as... Getting to a Raider game, and I'm sorry, this is a Captain Jack story. Those that watch my YouTube channel know that Captain Jack will get you on the highway, and then he'll get you on the you know the Florida road, then he'll get you on the county road, then he'll get you on the dirt road, but I'll eventually get back to the highway. So we're back on the highway now, okay? I am stationed in San Diego. I joined the Navy, and I'm out on the West Coast in San Diego, and I'm like, wow, I can finally go to a Raider game. I have enough money. I'm here. And I go to Jack Murphy stadium because at the time it was Jack Murphy. None of this Qualcomm stuff. Okay. You know, it was way before that. I go to Jack Murphy stadium. I see my very first Raider game as a fan. I'm like, this is the way it is. I need to be at as many Raider games as possible, but you know, being in the military, you get a chance to go to games as you can. Years later, I'm now stationed in Virginia beach. Okay. And my buddy says, Hey man, let, let's, let's go to the, let's go to the Buffalo game. And it was during the year that the Raiders went to the Super Bowl. So we're up in Buffalo and it was an early game, which I firmly advise anybody who wants to go to a Buffalo game, make sure it's early in the year because, you know, otherwise it's going to be like the weather that we're having presently here in the United States. Hmm. We go to the Buffalo game and my buddy, and I give him all the credit for this, uh, uh, Red Raider, I believe is his moniker or Redbeard. Hmm. And he dressed up in all of these different, you know, doodads and suits with the, the, the leather, the leather shoulder pads and things like that. And he wears the mask and all these other things. And I'm wearing his B suit. I'm wearing his second, secondary suit, right? And we're walking around in Buffalo and we're having the time of our life, you know, being the characters for Raider Nation, the personas there. And I'm enjoying it. And we did it there in Buffalo. And then we went out to uh, a game out in Oakland itself. It was actually a Oakland uh, uh, Colts game. And that game is, uh, the picture is on my YouTube site where the first sighting of Captain Jack, where I'm still wearing his B suit. And I'm I'm wearing, and I'm kind of like not really uh, the pirate. I'm wearing my pirate eye patch and my pirate, uh, you know, uh, skull cap and things like that. But I needed to be me. And I said, Kevin, I got to find something that is me. So lo and behold, I knew it was going to be going down to Florida. I was going to be moving down to get the house. And I've already told you the story how Captain Jack Rackham came about. So I became Captain Jack Rackham from that point on. And I started getting the whole 
persona, the whole garb, the whole uniform together from that point, sir. And so I go to games as I've, as I've gotten uh, older and higher in rank. Obviously, I'm getting more money, so I'm getting to the games. And then I became a season ticket holder. Uh, the last couple of years in Oakland, I was a season ticket holder. And I've remained a season ticket holder, even though I live in Florida. I was a season ticket holder in Oakland. I'm a season ticket holder now that they're in Vegas because I have the wherewithal and the means to travel and go to my games. And I've gone to many stadiums. I don't have them all quite done yet, but I've gone to at least half of the stadiums in the NFL. Um, and that's including three of the gargler stadiums. I call the chargers, the garglers, <laughs> all three of the gargler stadiums and, uh, various other ones. You know, I've been to candlestick, uh, when, uh, the Niners were playing and, uh, you know, I, I haven't gone out to the new stadium yet, but I've gone to some of the old stadiums and obviously some of the new stadiums and I'm ready to get all my cards punched as I can. So, Hey, captain will travel. I've been to every game this year, except for the Indianapolis game in Vegas and then the Rams game uh, out there because it was during the week and I couldn't get the time off of work to get to go to the game there. And I'm going to miss the game on Saturday, but I will be at all of the rest of the games this year. And so it's basically on your docket now, Jack, where you're going to all of the, even the road games now. Are, are you looking at maybe a consecutive game streak here, you know, coming up? Or is it just, okay, I just plan on going to the home games? Well, no, I'm going to go to as many of the away games as possible, and um, I'm going to give an ode out to the general, Ron Rickard, who has the record for over, I want to say, 225 straight games as a Raiders fan. For those that don't know, one of the greatest fans uh, uh, ever, uh, Ron Rickard, a.k.a. the general, was going to like 225 or so straight Raider games home and away and bless his heart and may he rest in peace. Okay. Ron took me under wing and what, and she showed me what it was like to be a true fan. And that's why I try to emulate him. I can't go to all of them, but I try to go to as many as I average. I want to say at least 12 to 14 games a year. Outstanding stuff. Captain Jack Rackham, diehard Raider fan. And he dressed the part. Here's what I want to know, Jack. I'm sure a lot of people do as well too. Now, now does, does the garb, does the outfit, and uh, you know your legend, so to speak, uh, serve you well with the ladies, especially at games? <laughs> well, I, I tell people this. I tell people this. If you're an old dude like me, let me ask you a question. If you saw me, and I'm dressed in civilian clothes, right? I come up to you. I got long hair, and I got my white beard, and I go up to you and say, Hey, darling, how you doing? Would you like to spend some time with me? Of course, most ladies are going to slap me across the face and go, Ew, get away. Oh, what a, what a, oh, what a creep. Oh, what. Yeah. But if you go to a lady and you're dressed as a swashbuckling pirate, and I got to say my outfit is really pretty spot on and awesome. Yeah. I say, Hello, darling. Let me show you me mizzen mask. Let me sit you down here, and we'll talk about things, and I'll take all those barnacles off the areas you need to have them taken off. They say, oh, how cute. Oh, let me get next to you. I want to sit on your lap. Of course. (laughs) It's not a bad thing, and I'm being honest. It's not a bad thing. Now, I I understand. Were you sitting next to a real hot chick on Sunday? That uh, that that may go by the name of uh, 
uh, uh, Raiderette uh, Sarah, as we like to call her, Miss Phoenix? I would say that Miss Sarah is the awesome gal that I had the pleasure of sitting next to on Sunday. Uh, we had a chance to hang out together. I, I met Sarah earlier this, this year in the stadium and, and had a chance to correspond with her, and we were talking Raiders and whatnot, and I said, hey, we need to go out to a game one of these days. So I wanted to make sure that uh, I took her out for uh, the game. I Actually, we had the, the, the chance to go out for the, uh, the Blitnikoff event, and I go to the Blitnikoff event every year. It's for uh, Tracy's House of Hope. Great, great charitable organization. Please be sure to check that out. Yep. Tracy's House of Hope and the Blitnikoff organization. Anyway, I took Sarah out to that on Friday. It was a wonderful event, and then I had the chance to hang out with her on Sunday. And, of course, the game of the year so far, and we are sitting there, actually technically standing because I stand for most of the game, and I'm standing there after Fox has a nice clip of me on TV, and, of course, my phone blows up. Jack, Jack, you're on TV, man. Oh, we just saw you dance, you know, which is really cool. And I'm happy. I really am. I'm happy because we're beating the Pats 17-3, to and, you know, life is good. And then, of course, they show me on TV, and about five, uh, maybe 20 seconds later, Carr throws a pick six. And, of course, all the people says, every time they show Captain Jack, bad things happen. Well, that's not entirely true. <laughs> but in this case, it, it was, it did happen, but I'm watching the game transpire, and I'm watching the second half. And, you know, obviously things were not good for the Raiders in the second half. It, it's like a switch was turned from on to off. And it didn't get turned on again until Carr hit Cole for that wonderful 30-yard touchdown. And for those people that say it wasn't a touchdown, get your eyes fixed! Because, of course, it was. Anyway. According to the officials, it was. Right, exactly. What, it was. It was a great touchdown. So I'm watching the game, though, but I'm still I'm seeing a, a meltdown overall from the Raiders. And I'm like, okay, well, well, we'll see what happens. And I've been to Raider games. In fact, I've been to several overtime games, like the overtime games last year where we went ahead and we beat the Ravens in overtime at the very first yep. game yep. Uh, at Allegiant. I was there for that. And, then, of course, the last game, the overtime game, with the with the char the Chargers, aka the gargler the garglers, you know, I was there for that, and I've been to all the overtime games. And when the overtime came out this year with cards, I said, "Well, we got this, man. We haven't lost in overtime. Anybody? Thanks for playing, Johnny." So I was just hoping that we were going to get to overtime and at least we could do something. But then, of course, the Cheatriots. Play the holy moron, the hell moron, hell! What the heck you doing, moronic? But and I see Chandler Jones catch the fumbleception, and he's running right to me, right to me and Miss Sarah in the corner. He sees the pirate. He sees Sarah. He goes crazy. The entire team goes crazy. <sighs> And it's a win for the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, Captain Jack, do you ever bet on the game? Do you ever bet on the Raiders? I bet on the uh, the over last year for wins. Uh-huh. I bet on uh, the first game uh, with the Ravens. But I will be honest and say that um, I'm, not, I'm not a better. I'm okay. not a better. Okay. He's I'm a... not a better. I mean, because here's the thing. And, and, and there are people that bet. I have no problem with them. You know, 
good on you, man. Just make sure that you're not betting, you know, your mortgage payment or, or your, your, your kid's college fund, the things like that. Bet with whatever you feel is appropriate that you can lose. And uh, so I got a chance to do that last year because the first game was in Vegas and I could do things for the season. I did the bets, you know, to make the playoffs and to make the Super Bowl, things like that, because it was the first game. And I got a chance to do that because it was in Vegas. This year, the first game was not in Vegas. It was in L.A. And I didn't get a chance to lay any bets. And I haven't really had a chance to go to any of the sports books because I'm busy. When I go to Vegas, it's a, it's a business trip. I fly out there, get a little bit of sleep on Friday night. Then Saturday, I'm going to some events and hanging out. We're doing all the good things we do on Saturday normally. And of course, Sunday, you wake up, you got to get dressed out. You're, you're in that thought because I usually dress on Saturday night. And of course, you dress out for the game, go to the game, get all excited, do the, J lot parking lot area, the whole experience walking into the stadium, seeing with everybody. <sighs> and, and then, you know, you know, with all my buddies and, and it's a fantastic thing. Then after the game, I got to do my YouTube show. Cause I do my YouTube show on Sunday. And then, you know, it's pack up and get ready to leave on Monday. The, the, the whole week just comes again and again and again. So I want to see more of Vegas. I, I was wonderful to have a chance to hang out with Sarah at the Blinnikov event. I want to, uh, Saturday we went to like uh, the O with my uh, shipmate in crime, uh, Hollywood Raider, which I'm sure you guys have seen on TV a bit as well. He's the guy who is dressed similar to Violator with the black and silver striped face paint, but he's got the hard hat and he's got the the jersey number 73 and he has Hollywood on the back. So he's my buddy, man. He's from South Carolina. It's, and like, him it's like a fraternity. It's a reunion. You guys all get, hang out, get together. Right? I, I I love it. Um, so here's what we're going to do, yeah. Jack. We got to get you here on a Friday. Okay. You come in a day early and then we'll get you live on location when we're at the Westgate. Cause we do our show at the Superbook, the world famous Superbook. So we would love to have you on it. And if you get here, you know, for the, one of the next two home games, uh, let me know and we'll, we'll have you, we'll have you on uh, down there. And I know the, the, the crowd would love to see you. And, uh, you know, like I said, I will. Yeah, I will definitely try. I, I'm the only reason why I come out late is because there's only so much paid time off, aka PTO, that I have, and I, it's really, really thin. Where I'm getting down to, I have to literally give my bosses a plan of attack for how many hours I have at the beginning of the season and what is projected throughout the year, and I have to make sure that my hours are accounting because I'm not allowed to go in the hole and I can't take leave without pay or anything like that. So it gets really, really tight. Now I will see. If perchance I have enough PTO, aka pay time off, that I can come out for either the Niner game, Niner weekend, or the KC weekend, I will see if I can come out a day early and make that happen for you, sir. I can't promise, but I think that I will, might be able to All make right. some arrangements. We'd love to have you. Okay. So, final thing here for you, uh, Jack, and you may have already given us the answer here. All time favorite Raider. Is it George Belanda? Is it somebody else? Well, George, I give my ode to, mm -hmm. and I get asked this question a lot, but I'm going to, I'm going to give you a legitimate and well thought out of cop out. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've been a fan for 50 years. Okay. And you've seen so many Raider greats in that time. Now, granted, obviously I said without George Blanda, I would not be the person that I am, but I cannot honestly say I can make it down 
to one guy. And in fact, I can't even make it down to two guys because you say, well, you can do an offense or a defensive player. I said, dude, I'm, I've seen the Raiders for 50 years. I've been a fan. There are players of decades. There's Howie Long. There's Lyle Alzado. There's John Matusak. There's my per, one of my personal favorites, Phil Villapiano, who, who's been on my show and is just, you know, a mile a minute talker like I am. Ted Hendricks, a personal friend of mine. And Henry Lawrence is another personal friend of mine. And then like guys like Stuart Schweiger, who I get a chance to hang out with and talk, you know, and all of these different players just bring that persona to them. Yeah. I mean, guys like, uh, Daryl Hobbs, who, who's, Doing things in in the business, trying to do get get different things set up there, and I'm not gonna blow, I'm not gonna blow uh, title things here, but I know him. I know Lincoln Kennedy personally. Great guy that he is. I cannot say I have a favorite Raider because I love the team. I love them all. If you are a Raider, I love you to death. If you're wearing the silver and black, and you're wearing the pirate on your helmet, you are my favorite. <laughs> person because you are playing for my team there he is captain jack rackham and as we know jack's world famous pickup line is <laughs> come here you little lady i'll have you sit on my mizzen mask yeah. <laughs> well i was gonna go with this one right here <laughs> No, that's not it. And Numbchuck blew that one. I was just going to say, I'm the captain now. There it is. There it is. Okay. Well, I mean, but you can, you can use that. In all fact, right. if that's you want to get into some garb, you and me together, and you can say, I can be all dressed up. And then actually, we can play like a ventriloquist on me. You know, like you can pretend like you're like putting your, you know, I'll, no, I'll I'm going to let Sarah, no, I'm I'm gonna let lap, Sarah but... sit on your lap. And we'll, we'll just leave it at that. We'll do that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty exciting if you ask me. You, <laughs> you can talk all about your barnacles in there, stuff, mate. Yeah. All right. We'll talk about the first thing that comes up, uh, and it's not the sales. Uh, all right, brother. We appreciate the time, Captain Jack. Uh, look forward to seeing you in person, and uh, we'll definitely do this again my friend appreciate you looking forward to it man and thank you for having me on and like i said i'll, I'll get with uh you and nunchucks and i'll see if i can get out to one of the last games early all right go check out his uh youtube channel as well uh go ahead and, and pump it away my friend well raider nation get your spirits together because we got a hard game against those dang Steelers. But get it together. It's one game at a time. You are the people that make this team run. Yeah, <laughs> Captain Jack Rack, appreciate you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, shipmate. You take care. Yeah, alrighty, mate. All right, Andy Isco is going to join us coming up next, and we handicap Week 16 in the NFL. We're going to touch on some bowl games as well. Look at me, sure. Look at me, sure. I'm the captain now. Hi, this is Lonnie Jordan from the band War, and you are listening to the T.C. Martin Show. That's the beat. Don't forget, join us tomorrow at the Westgate inside the world-famous Superbook. Jay Schrader will be in the house, Marco D'Angelo, and more. We look forward to that each and every Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. Best bet segment, three best 
college bowl games from now until uh, next Thursday. We'll do that and our three best NFL games. And remember, we got that quirky schedule with uh, many of the games, most of the games, taking place on Saturday and only three on Sunday. But it all starts tonight with Thursday night football, possibly a decent game, and we will diagnose all of that with our good friend Andy Isco. The logical approach. What is going on, my friend? TC, that was a very entertaining uh, half hour you had <laughs> with uh, uh, with uh, with your guest, uh, which was very enjoyable. I will, however, set the record straight. I did not need to Google Aldi Regattas because I remember yes. it first was Kurt Gowdy with Kyle Rote, yep. and then Aldi Regattas took over as Kurt Gowdy's partner in the early seventies. And the, and you heard me say Kyle Rote because that's what I remember. But then Aldi, I remember that you know afterwards. Well, I, I couldn't remember who came in, in front of who, but uh, yeah, thank you very much for the assist there. Uh, I'm old enough, fortunately or unfortunately, to remember uh, those uh, great games. And, of course, I do remember the Immaculate. uh, Mm. I'll call it reception because that's how it's referred to, although there are many, many people who believe it was the Immaculate Deception. And Franco himself never really let on what it was. I think he knew the answer, but I think he wanted to keep everybody guessing. Keep it one of those uh, mysteries that will never be fully resolved. You know, you're right, Andy. We talked about that, you know, yesterday. That you know, Franco was one of those guys that you know he he just kind of said the same answer every time about that. And again, just one of the most uh, gracious and humble guys. And he wasn't looking for controversy or whatever, and wasn't looking for never a guy that was looking for attention. And yeah, he kept his answer, you know, you know, 50 years, the exact same thing. Like, well, you know, Hey, it is what it is. Or what do you think it was? Or or that sort of thing. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, going to miss Franco and, um, uh, just, you know, my experiences with him, I detailed it yesterday, just, uh, for me, just a fantastic guy, humble Wonderful guy. human being. Well said, well said. And, uh, you know, got a chance to spend time with him here in Las Vegas. He loved coming to Las Vegas, uh, as well, too. But, uh, yeah, may he rest in peace and, uh, definitely will be missed. So as we look forward, let's, let's talk about that game coming up here, Andy. We, we know that the NFL, uh, they know what they're doing, don't they? I mean, they, they schedule this game on Christmas Eve, uh, 50 years almost to the date of the Immaculate Reception, and uh, back in Pittsburgh, of course, and it's going to be a cold, cold night, around 8 degrees is what we're looking at here, and the Raiders think that they have a little bit of life coming off that uh, you know, victory on Sunday, and then the Steelers, you know, another 6-8 and eight team themselves here, battling for a playoff spot. Uh, how do you handicap this game? Well, at the very outset, I'll be interested to listening to Marco to, uh, tomorrow, probably talking about not just this game, but probably a lot of uh, uh, Franco Harris stories himself. Now, yep. this is a game that before the tragic event of yesterday, I had already made my mind up that I did like the Steelers in this spot. Uh, I think we're going to see, we were going to see an emotional effort anyway because they were honoring Franco with the retirement of his jersey, which I understand is still going to take place. And of course, all the greats coming back from that immaculate reception game as well. So it was going to be a very festive uh, atmosphere. It may still be somewhat, it'll be a mixture of festive and somber at the same time. Uh, I think that the Steelers will have had enough time to process it over 48 hours that where it might normally have been a distraction if it happened on game day his passing, I think they will have had an opportunity to process it and regroup and maybe rededicate themselves, but I like the Steelers prior to this game. Now, the Raiders, you know, they blew those four double-digit leads. You're looking at a team that could be, you know, what, 
ten and four instead of uh, six and eight. Even if they win half of those uh, four games uh, with those big leads, they're, they're eight and six instead of uh, six and eight. So they've had their opportunities. Pittsburgh, of course, we know under Mike Tomlin, uh, they he's never had a non-winning season as Steelers head coach. So they need to go. Uh, uh, you know what? Three and zero to go nine and eight, or uh, two one and one to finish eight eight and one. I think that was a motivating factor even before uh, the, uh, uh, the the events of yesterday. At the same time, uh, fundamentally, one of the issues that I have with the Raiders is their tremendous tendency to consistently commit too many penalties, often in critical situations, and that might be a disadvantage against a generally disciplined uh, Pittsburgh team. I like the Pittsburgh defense, the way that they've been. Uh, playing very well. They've outgained their opponents in four straight and five of the last six games, largely to the uh, uh, to largely as a result of uh, the defense that they've played, limiting teams to you know, maybe a little bit over or under 300 yards per game while not having to do a tremendous amount on offense because they're not an offensively oriented team. And the fact that Pickett is going to play instead of Trubisky, I think given the way Trubisky has played and the progress that uh, Pickett has made, it could actually be considered an upgrade. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, going back to what you mentioned, you going back to Franco Harris, where the Steels were, uh, you know, promoting this uh, ceremony to take place to retire his, his number, and they're still going to do that. When I heard about this, Andy, I was blown away, and you can appreciate this, I'm sure, as well too. What took the Steelers so long to retire his number? Now, here's some people probably don't realize the Steelers have only retired. Two numbers in their entire history, Ernie Stautner and Mean Joe Green. And unofficially, they've attire, uh, uh, retired unofficially. I don't know what that means. Jack Lambert, Jack Ham, Terry Bradshaw, Heinz Ward, Mike Webster, Mel Blount, Jerome Bettis, Elsie Greenwood, and Troy Palomalu. But what took so long for Franco, one of the greatest stealers of all time, and again, not just, I mean, this guy was a thousand yard rusher eight times, Super Bowl, four time Super Bowl champion. He was the first running back to be Super Bowl MVP. I'm blown away by, by the, taking him this long. And now the poor guy has passed away and came and be there for his own retirement jersey. So, I'm totally in agreement with you know Ernie Stoughton, of course, goes back to the old guard in the NFL. Uh, let's say pre pre 1960 when the AFL came out, and that's often uh, marked as, as the beginning of the modern era of NFL football. You know, about ten years before the merger. But I would have thought it appropriate back when they did it that they would retire Mean Joe Green and Franco Harris at the same time. As arguably, with all due respect to Terry Bradshaw, the best offensive along with the best defensive player in franchise history. It would have been a great dual ceremony. I agree. I agree. And like I said, the Steelers have this thing where, like, well, we've unofficially, you know, uh, retired these guys' jerseys. I guess they've just taken their numbers out of the rotation, so current players, uh, you know, can't wear them. But it just, it just seems weird that all those great teams, those great years, and you only have two official retired jerseys. Seems very, very strange. Uh, and, and again, not to have Franco. It's. Uh, that that's a shame. Uh, other NFL news, Andy. We got that uh, Jalen Hurts will not play Saturday as the uh, Philadelphia Eagles take on the Dallas Cowboys. He's got that shoulder injury. That means we're going to see Gardner Minshew. We saw Minshew in a similar sim- situation last year, where I actually played pretty well when he got the start at quarterback. Uh, give me your thoughts on this game, and we've seen, of course, some line movement in this game as well too. Yeah, well, 
Well, the game opened one and a half, and I don't even believe it was taken off the board. I think it was just adjusted uh, at uh, the point in time when the news first came out. I want to say it was either Monday or Tuesday, I think it was, that Jalen Hurts was injured and might not play. And the line, I think, went up at the Westgate. I think I know it hit six. It may have even hit six and a half, but I think it hit six in favor of Dallas. And then uh, yesterday when the news started to break that, well, maybe he will play, he hasn't been ruled out, etc., uh, the line came back down, but only to about five, five and a half, which is why, even though it wasn't official, it certainly seemed as though it was unlikely And then when you, that, that Hurts would play. And then when you combine it with the fact that uh, Philadelphia really doesn't need this game. I mean, they hold the tiebreaker over Minnesota uh, should those two teams tie. And as you mentioned uh, earlier, one Dallas loss or one Philadelphia win uh, gets them uh, the uh, division title, uh, which also probably means the uh, number one seed overall. And so maybe if I'm Philadelphia, I don't play them this week. I don't play them next week. And, uh, you know, if Dallas loses one of those two or the uh, uh, Eagles win one of, the, one of those uh, two games, maybe they play him a little bit in uh, week uh, uh, in week 18 just to keep him fresh, especially if they're not going to be playing during wild card weekend. But otherwise, there's no reason to play him this week or next. All right, Jacksonville and the Jets tonight, Thursday night football. Jets a two-point favorite, some two-and-a-halves uh, around town here. Uh, Jags, believe it or not, have been playing the better football of these two teams. Both teams have playoff aspirations. Believe it or not, I mean, the Jags can actually win the division in that putrid AFC South. I don't know what it is about the South. The NFC South is is horrible. The AFC South is pretty horrible as well, too. But how do you see this game tonight? Yeah, well, not only that, you take contrast that with the Eastern divisions where the NFC East could produce the three wild cards. And, uh, you know, if, if the Patriots held on last week, uh, there'd be a real good chance that the uh, AFC East, if the Jets could uh, get another win or two in there, could represent the uh, uh, the AFC wild cards. But uh, that's uh, still to be determined. Um I played this game earlier in the week when the Jets were a pick 'em. Um, I'm I I I don't think I heard you ask Jay why the money has shown up on the Jets when the entire public is in love with the way the Jaguars have played. I mean, the tapping it off, uh, that that impressive road win in Tennessee two weeks ago, and then coming from behind and beating the Cowboys last week. This is one of the hottest teams uh, in the league. Although to be fair, they are four and two in their last six. I mean, look at Cincinnati; they've won what seven in a row. But nonetheless, uh, I'm surprised that the line move has come this much, uh, you know, against Jacksonville. And I'm wondering if it's sharp money or not. The Jets have lost three straight, four or five, but look at the Jets all all, uh, all year. They're eight and, uh, eight and six. Now, their first two losses were each by 15 points. Week one, at home to Baltimore, and then uh, two weeks later, week three, at home to Cincinnati. But since then, lose to New England by five, lose to New England again by seven, uh, lose by five to Minnesota, lose to Buffalo by eight, and lose last week to Detroit by three. So it's not as though the Jets have been playing poorly in their losses because they haven't. They've been competitive in those games, especially uh, when you consider that a number of those losses, uh, the defense actually played quite well. So I do like the Jets tonight. I understand the enthusiasm for Jacksonville, but the Jets are also playing for a playoff position. You know, they're not going to win the division, so they need to. Uh, win the, uh, the wild card. At the same time, of course, uh, the Jags also uh, have the opportunity uh, to win their division, but a loss tonight uh, would hurt them. If I recall correctly, this is, I think, the Jets' final home game of the season, which makes it especially important for them to uh, uh, play, because it's always going to be tough winning on the road. I think they are at 
at, uh, I'm going to check right now, I believe it's Miami and New England to uh, uh, finish the, yeah, I'm sorry, at Seattle and Miami uh, to finish the season. So neither of those will be easy games, and they may have to win at least one of those games to hold a wild card, but it all may be moot if they lose to Jacksonville tonight. And uh, with Trevor Lawrence playing uh, the the better ball right now at the quarterback position, more so, of course, than, than Zach Wilson. So that'll be interesting uh, as well. But like you said, yeah, Jets a, a two, two-and-a-half-point favorite tonight. Andy, real quick, let's talk about uh, the, we've got a couple of college football bowl games here in the next couple of days. Uh, a little bit of interest for myself tonight with the Baylor-Air Force game, the Armed Forces Bowl. Uh, Baylor, a three-and-a-half-point choice. We know that Baylor has not closed the season well. They've lost three in a row. And for Air Force, hey, they're looking for a 10-win season. And with all these you know, opt-outs that we see with uh, all these other schools, that's one thing. If you're back in the Air Force Academy, you do not have to worry about that. And the Air Force has been very stingy on the defensive side uh, of the ball. They're the number one rushing team, as we know as well, too. And uh, there is some comfort there, uh, finally, if you're going to bet a college football game knowing that you are going to get the best effort from this team. This team, uh, this game means a lot to them. And you know that they're going to have all their players fired up, ready, and able to play in this game. Yeah, exactly. And I played this game early, so I got a much better number on Air Force than is available right now. I think I got it right when it opened, or maybe half tick later at plus six and a half. It's down to plus three and a half right now. And the conditions, uh, there could be a significant win there, which helps Air Force because all they do is run the football and they run it exceptionally well. Baylor, more of a pass, more of a well balanced team. They'll pass and uh, run the football, but the uh, uh, the passing game may be uh, somewhat impacted tonight. And the other thing that it helps Air Force because they run the ball. The game is a lot shorter unless uh, Baylor's happened to play uh, great defense, but they did not end the season well and fast in their last four games, allowing 38, 29, 31, and 35 points. Losing the last three of those games, they were, uh, I think it was, what, four and two, five and two in conference, I believe. Uh, They had to win those those last few games to possibly have a chance to be the number two team in the uh, Big 12, considering those last three games were against three of the top teams, TCU, Kansas State, and Texas. So they're not ending the season very well. Baylor, is, I, it's difficult for me to recommend them play on Air Force when I've played it at a much better number, but still, I think the fundamentals support Air Force. You mentioned their discipline. You mentioned the fact that uh, they don't have people entering transfer portals or things like that because of their military commitment. And again, this is a very comfortable team that uh, ended the season with, uh, with four straight wins. Didn't play the most difficult schedule, so you do have to consider that Baylor played the much more difficult schedule in the Big 12 but I like what I've seen out of Air Force, and I think the conditions uh, favor them tonight. Yeah, cold weather uh, tonight, a game in Fort Worth, home of TCU. Uh, but uh, Baylor has, has played in this game in, in this stadium a lot in years past. Uh, tomorrow, we've got Louisiana-Houston, uh, the Cougs, a seven-point choice. Wake Forest and Missouri, we've seen some line movement there. Wake Forest, a point-and-a-half uh, choice. Sam Hartman playing his final game at Wake Forest. Not sure if he's going to uh, go NFL or maybe transfer portal but he says he's definitely out uh, of Wake Forest after this game, Andy. Any thoughts uh, real quick on either one of these games? I like the over in the, uh, you know, I want to check the, the, the weather conditions, you know, 24 hours before game time, which is about right now, in that Louisiana Lafayette uh, Houston game. Uh, I prefer taking the points with Lafayette because I'm not a big fan of uh, Dana Holgerson, the uh, Houston coach. I think that this team, after a great season last year, I think they underachieved this year. Lafayette uh, excited to be there in their first year coach uh, after uh, Napier uh, left for uh, Florida. So uh, I'm going to uh, uh, be monitoring those games, but my, my preference 
preference right now. I haven't played it yet, but my preference is for the over and the uh, plus seven with Lafayette. Didn't do anything with the Wake Forest-Missouri game. You do have an SEC underdog, albeit very slightly, against an ACC team. I think Wake Forest was more disappointing towards the end of the season after a very strong start. Missouri sort of played better, and of course, remember, and then again, it's only one game out of 12, but they made things very, very difficult for Georgia in midseason, where Georgia had to come from behind after trailing much of that game. So Missouri has played well down the stretch, end of the season with a nice win at Arkansas. I want to see if that line continues up, because at plus three, I'm almost certain to be on Missouri. You got it. All right, he is Andy Isco. Uh, great stuff, Andy. Appreciate you, as always, my friend. And, uh, and tell our listeners where they can uh, get your picks. Well, thelogicalapproach.com. I have a lot of stats and information up there on a weekly basis for uh, football. And by the way, you should have had the selling point in the last half hour that uh, Jason Raider would be at the Westgate next week. You could have a nice uh, Raider reunion there. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah, Jay, uh, love uh, when Jay comes uh, on the show, having a great time. And uh, yeah, we, we've got Jay uh, handicapping a little bit now. That's always kind of fun, too. But uh, it's great when he comes on down uh, and uh, is on the show. So looking forward uh, to that. My friend, great stuff. Uh, the logical approach. Uh, Andy Esco has been doing it a long, long time. One of the best here, uh, not only in Las Vegas, uh, but when it comes to handicapping in the country. Uh, appreciate you, my friend, and uh, continued uh, success and happy holidays to you and uh, and yours. And we look forward to seeing you very, very soon. I'll make it down to the Westgate one of these days, and I do want to wish you and all the listeners a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and most importantly of all, a happy, healthy, and prosperous New Year in 2023. You got it, Andy. All right, brother. Keep hitting him. We'll talk to you soon. Sure. There he is, Andy Isco, uh, one of my favorites. All right. I uh, want to thank him. want to thank uh, Jay uh, Cornegay from the Westgate for joining us uh, here today. And remember, we will be at the Westgate tomorrow. Of course, our Friday home at the Superbook. And also... Uh, Captain Jack Rackham, diehard Raiders fans, the pirate. You got a chance to hear from him. You missed any part of the show, you know where to go. Go to the website, tcmartinshow.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, the list goes on and on. Check it all out. See some of Numchuck's finest work on, on, on all that. All right? Go check out our blog at the website. Check out our interview with Lincoln Kennedy from a couple days ago. That is at tcmartinshow.com. Best bets. We're ready for that tomorrow. We will be at the Westgate. Come on by. See the show live. Oh, yeah. That's a little rhyme, a little rap. And, yes, as we head out with the greatest Christmas song of all time, at least for me, that is, a little Curtis Blow and Christmas rapping. Yeah. Have yourself a good one. We reconvene tomorrow at 2. What you going to do? people let me tell you about last year when the dude came flying over here. Well, the home was out, snow's on the ground. Folks stayed in to party down. The beat was thumping on the box. And I was dancing in my socks. And the drummer played at a solid pace. And the taste of the bass was in my face. And the guitar player lay down the heavy layer of the funky chunky rhythm of the disco key. And the guy with the 88 started to participate and I could sure appreciate a sound so sweet. We were all in the mood so we had a little food and a joke and a smoke and a little bit of wine when I thought I heard a hoop on the top of the roof. Could it be it wasn't